0: If you're a leader or an aspiring leader in the business of lifelong learning, you're in the right place. I'm Salisa Steele.
1: And I'm Jeff Cobb. And this is the Leading Learning Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 124 of the Leading Learning Podcast. In this episode, we're going to continue our tradition of doing after action reviews following the events that we host as a learning provider. And in this case, we're going to be looking at Learning Technology Design 2018. But this is not actually going to be an after-action review because we don't really consider the event to be fully over for reasons we'll discuss in just a moment. So we're going to call this a mid-action review. But before we get to that review, we want to acknowledge our sponsor for the first quarter of 2018.
0: We are very happy to have Blue Sky eLearn sponsoring this quarter. Blue Sky is the maker of the PATH Learning Management System, an award-winning cloud-based learning solution that empowers your organization to maximize its message. Blue Sky also provides a range of virtual event and instructional services to help you maximize your content and create deeper engagement with your audience. To find out more about Blue Sky eLearn and everything it has to offer, visit blueskyelearn.com.
1: For our resource for this episode, we're actually going to offer multiple resources. We're going to highlight two areas that we have covered in the past on the Leading Learning podcast and One of these is our past episodes uh, about after-action reviews, so the after-action reviews that we have done for previous events, and we'll highlight links to those, and then we also want to highlight links to episodes we've had about virtual conferences, since in this particular case, we're going to be talking about Learning Technology Design 2018, which is, in fact, an extended virtual conference. So, to get uh, those highlights, those resources for this episode, just go to leading learning.com slash episode 124.
0: So Jeff, as you said at the outset, um, we're here for an after action review or sort of a modified after action review. Um, And so we should talk a little bit about what one is, if it's not a format that folks are familiar with. And there are four components to an after action review. And basically you kind of delve into these four areas. So one, what did we set out to do Two, what actually happened? Three, why is there a difference between the first two, if there is a difference? So why is there a difference between what we set out to do and what actually happened? And then fourth, what should we continue and what should we change?
1: And we'll note that the the term after action review was popularized by David Garvin, uh, who was really one of the leading theorists around the concept of the learning organization. Uh, And he wrote about after-action reviews as a practice used by the US Army. And uh, I will note also that um, following our our previous after-action review uh, on LTD 2017, uh, David Garvin actually passed away, and that was a loss to the the learning world. Um, If you are not familiar with his work, definitely encourage you to become familiar with his work, and, and you will, at least partially, as a result of this episode so we encourage uh, after action reviews not just for the u.s army but uh, also as a practice for organizations that produce educational offerings of any sort and it's also something that we recommend for individual lifelong learners and in fact we'll, we'll link to a post on how you might want to use after action reviews uh, personally again in the, in the show notes for this episode
0: Right, because the after-action review framework really is grounded in this idea of reflection. We know that that's key to learning. And as you said at the outset, though, um, we're we're doing sort of a modified after-action review. This is a mid-action review because it's true that the live online sessions for learning technology 2018 are done at this point, but we are not saying that LTD 2018 is over. Um, in fact, we are planning to continue it at least through the end of May. That said, we feel like because the live sessions are done at this point, that this is a a valid and valuable point to pause for reflection. So that first question, you know, what we set out to do. So I would say that uh, first. That learning technology design 2018 was the, our third time offering LTD, and we've had some, some of the same goals as in the past couple of years. So, we definitely wanted to continue to raise awareness of uh, of learning businesses. Um, as a a profession, and we wanted to also really emphasize um, excellence and high performance. So what does it take to not only um, offer uh, learning and educational offerings, but how to do it well? And um, we wanted to walk the walk because we ourselves are in a Learning business. We are there to serve um, those who are in a learning business, and we also act as a learning business ourselves. And so, you know, we definitely always try to take our own medicine. Any advice that we offer to others, we always try to implement ourselves. And so, you know, LTD has been a significant part of that, of us offering a learning experience, very similar to what many of the organizations we work with do.
1: And of course, we are in the learning business. Uh, this is part of how we, you know, uh, pay our mortgage and, and feed our kids. So we want this to be a, a financially viable thing that we're doing. And certainly, any any organization we work with, we want to help them create financially viable offerings. So that continued to be a goal as well. And then, uh, you know, I think one of the probably meta goals. Uh, this year and over the years is just to, to watch how all of this evolves um, and, and to see you know, what kind of community does continue to develop around this, what are the topics that continue to emerge year over year, and uh, just to, to help us, uh, it's just another way that we have a sense of the evolution that, that's going on out there in the whole new learning landscape, the whole market for lifelong learning.
0: And so, as I said, you know, several of the goals were the same as in the past, but what we put some extra emphasis on this year um, has been that we moved from, well, the first LTD, um, LTD number one was a, actually a place-based event, um, a two-day place-based event. Last year, we moved to a three-day virtual conference for LTD. And this year, we stuck with the virtual model, but we moved to what we called an extended virtual model. Last year, we had three days back-to-back. This year, um, we spread sessions out throughout a month, throughout the month of February. Um, and in between times, between sessions, before sessions, after sessions, um, we've made use of, uh, of an online um, site of, of forums where people can discuss um, issues, topics, um, ideas, all related to those sessions and really not related to those sessions as well. We're, we're out there to, again, support people in the business of learning. And and yes, that's hopefully supported by what we're offering in the sessions, but it's also wide open, whatever is on people's mind, whatever they need to talk about. And then one of the other things we did this year is that we moved away from having concurrent sessions. Last year, people had um, choices. And so this year, everything was on a a single track. Um, We felt like that further deepens the shared experience because that way everybody, if everyone comes to the same sessions, everyone's going to have that content, those ideas as a shared point of reference, which then makes it much easier to refer back to something that's happened in an earlier session or workshop at a later session or workshop. It's easier to draw some of the connections among and between sessions.
1: And then another thing that uh, we did this year was experimented with um, with length and formats quite a bit. Obviously, we experimented with the with the overall format of the event and made it into the extended conference, as you were saying, Salisa. But then within the uh, the the experience overall. We decided to focus on having uh, longer workshops, um, so our sessions last year were not as long. We wanted to go deeper and actually had hour and a half long workshop sessions as part of the event this year. We also um, we've we've done in the past what we call content pods. We have those at the face to face LTD, and we've done them at our at our symposium before. These are brief, uh, you know, twenty to thirty minute um, uh, offerings of, of content around a really focused topic or a tool, um, and uh, we didn't do that as part of last year's LTD, we decided to incorporate that uh, this year and had on Tuesdays um, a couple of content pods uh, each Tuesday. We did what we call follow-up Fridays, so a, um, a Q&A uh, basically at the end uh, of each week that could be about whatever had been covered during the week, but again, like the forums, could really be about anything, and we did have quite a bit come up in those follow-up Fridays. We did a little bit of collaborative coaching, which is sort of our... our repositioning, renaming of our uh, hot seats that uh, we've used in the past to make them sound a little more user-friendly, I I guess, (laughs) a little less threatening, Um, but uh, where we and attendees help to coach uh, a fellow attendee on on a particular topic, a particular issue or challenge. We did a little bit of um, introduction of um, some points and some badging in the community, which um, uh, we can discuss a little bit more. as a little bit of an afterthought because it wasn't something we planned, but um, the, the platform had the capabilities, and because that is such a, a buzzing uh, topic right now, we thought we could at least try it out and, and see how that worked. And then and then we're currently in the midst of uh, doing some boosting, um, so some uh, sequence of follow up questions to the event to help people um, uh, remember. Uh, hopefully make uh, some of the learning stick, give them some reflection questions and some actions that they can take. uh, Again, with the hope that, you know, this wasn't just a one-shot event, but they're going to really carry this forward over the coming weeks and months as they're back at work. And the boosting that we're sending out by email is going to help them do that. And then, you know, one other change this year is that we didn't have any formal sponsorships or exhibitors um, for the event. Last year we did have, we had sponsorships, we had an event sponsor, we had a platform sponsor, and um, and we had exhibits. So we actually had a day dedicated to exhibits. We decided this year we, we, we would informally recognize the, the companies that... Um, have uh, sponsored review my LMS, uh, just kind of a, to uh, appreciate them for doing that. So we we mentioned, you know, Blue Sky Broadcast, which is the sponsor of the the podcast right now. They're also a review my LMS sponsor, Community Brands, Web Courseworks, um, uh, Digital, and, and Next Thought. We mentioned them, but they weren't really formal sponsors of the event. We really wanted to focus more on the the learning experience and just just kind of be able to really commit fully to, to supporting that and we put a lot of work into supporting the uh, the, the faculty the, the speaker facilitators that were involved as well as into our own content so you know really to focus more on that and of course you know vendors were welcome to register um, they could come as attendees and, and a few did um, and and were, and we're good contributors to it but we just we didn't have that formal um, sponsorship and, and exhibitors uh, this year as we have in the past.
0: And I think the last thing I'll uh, emphasize about kind of a changed focus or a more focused focus for us this year with LTD was the fact that, um, as we said, you know we're providing uh, LTD to support folks in the learning business. We're also in the learning business, so we really wanted to give people both the experience and the experience of the experience—a sort of a view of, you know, whether or not the specific idea or content or you know what was happening in a session, whether that. That content was particularly relevant, perhaps the format or the approach to it might be relevant, might be something that someone's wanting to borrow and use. So we kind of uh, wanted to approach the event with both of those uh, frames of mind and encourage uh, attendees to um, think about LTD with both of those frames of reference, both what, you know, what are you learning as a learner and then what might you also kind of borrow and apply into your your own um, events and, and learning offerings at your organization.
1: Yeah. So what's what's the whole experience like and what, and what can you take from that? As you said, the experience of the experience.
0: So the second um, aspect of the after action review is, okay, what actually happened? So, you know, we talked about what we um, set out to do and then there's what actually happened. And I, you know, I would say that in general, you know, we, we set out to have an extended virtual conference. We did that. We went out and had the, the sessions span throughout the month. We wanted to have a use of a, an online hub with some discussion forums to be able to um, support uh, interaction among the attendees and with the attendees um, between before and after sessions. And that happened. And, and I think we got some good positive um, feedback about uh, the forums and liking that, um, and uh, some feedback about people liking um, the extended nature. But as any of you who uh, are open to feedback at your organizations know, for every piece of feedback we have that said we really like the extended um, uh, format, or you know the discussion forums were great, there were people who you know weren't as uh, supportive of the extended format. They found it hard to carve out that time over the month, or. Um, maybe didn't find uh, the pressure to use the forums, you know, beneficial. Um, And I would say that, you know, we wanted to have the live sessions, which at this point, as we said, are now over, and we did record them all and make them all available. And I would say one of the, the things that we saw was um, not, not huge um, attendance at the live sessions. It was really sort of a, seemed like a core devoted group who would show up and really participate in the live sessions. And then we have others who are apparently relying on, on the recordings um, to, to be able to find out the information and ideas and content that were shared in the live sessions.
1: Right. And then, you know, as far as some of the the different formats that, that we tried and different links of formats, you know, the the content pods, um, which we did on Tuesdays, uh, we only did three sets of those, just the way the calendar fell throughout um, February. And, you know, I think I had expected that um, maybe we would get uh, even more people to those than we did to the, the longer workshops. But I'm not sure there was a large difference. I think the people who were committed to the live workshops also tended to attend the, the content pods. Um, you know, maybe there was a small group that was just doing the content pods and not doing the workshops and, and, and vice versa. But, you know, in, in general, I th- you know, I think the content pods were, were valuable because we were able to invite in some guests we have people like sherry jacobs and, and will tallheimer come in veronica diaz from educause who was an attendee also presented about uh, mentoring so i think they were a, a great opportunity to to infuse some some content and we waited you know to determine what those were going to be based on imp- input from registrants uh, on on what topics they wanted to hear about so those were very much registrant driven and um and, you know and, and I, I think that was good we can talk more about you know what we do or don't do with them um, going forward but um I I think they were a good component of the event the, the follow-up fridays that QA format uh, I actually found to be one of the most uh, in- enjoyable parts of the event because um, uh, again I think we got sort of a dedicated core who, who came to that and we really we really had some good um, discussions uh, that, that went on in those like that uh, a lot um, you know as I'd already referenced the the, the points in the badging were a little bit ad hoc um, we did not put a lot of forethought and planning into that and I think you know the 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 participation somewhat reflected that. Um, I, I think the people who ended up earning points, which were mostly tied to participation in the forums, would have earned them anyway, um, because they were already the type of people who were going to be participating in the forum. So I'm not sure that the, the badging of points actually drove anything significantly different. Um, and the boosting, we're going to have to see. Uh, we, uh, we gave people the option to opt in or not opt in to the boosting. Um, I was surprised that more people didn't opt in, though I think some of that was driven by, again, the, the live session attendance. And there's there are quite a few people who probably have not at this point um, done the live sessions or the recordings. So the boosting just doesn't make sense for them yet. But I think probably out of the percentage of people who really were involved in the live sessions, um, it was actually probably pretty high, uh, pretty high percentage that are now participating in the boosting effort. And we're going to be able to see uh, how that goes. And then, you know, with the vendors. you know, we didn't have the formal exhibit. So we would hope that the uh, vendors would still uh, show up and register and participate. And I think five five different companies did have um, participants there. And a couple of those companies, the participants uh, really did contribute significantly during um, live sessions and, and in the forums, you know. Um, so, so that was great. Um, and uh, I think, you know, vendors... Uh, can be such a valuable part of this entire landscape. They know so much because they see so much. So if if they will show up and and actually contribute in that non-salesy, you know, we're all in the learning business and supporting each other type way, that can be incredibly valuable. And we did see at least a little bit of that. So now um, we've talked about what we, you know, set out to do, what actually happened, and the difference between the two. And um, it would just kind of hit on that at, at a high level, because then we'll talk a little bit about what we, you know, will continue to do or not do um, going forward. I mean, we set this uh, this goal of uh, having the, the the extended learning um, environment and the community, and you know, to support good learning practices. And uh, I mean, in general, um, I think that uh, that we 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 pulled it off. Um, that we did uh, uh, have certainly a group um, going through LTD that that represented a great uh, learning community, a, a really strong um, learning community. You know, I think we knew going into this that um, that we were we were asking people to do something different from what they'd done before, and that of course always comes with risk. But that's part of what we're about is you know trying to take those risks and, and see how they go. So you know, I think we would have we would have loved to see see it bigger and, and, and more vibrant and everybody, you know, really participating day in and day out. Um, that didn't really happen, but I think that the level at which people did participate and, and that committed group um, uh, did participate, uh, you know, that was strong and we have some amazing conversations going on in the event uh, environment and the experience environment right now. We have some great content that's been captured and, and, the, and the possibility for that to continue on, as you're saying, Salisa, you know, th- through the end of May and, and for it to just become more and more valuable uh, over time.
0: Yeah, so I think the extended format showed a lot of potential, and I think we're well. I don't want to jump to step four, but you know, I'm already thinking. You know, we want to hold on to that, but we'll we'll say about more about that in a minute. But you know, one of the things that I'm um, I- interested in is how how can we look at the the getting the the, the number of the the really committed learners kind of to grow. And, you know, as as we saw, you know, I think in, in my mind, you know, everyone who signs up uh, is, is going to be that committed learner. They're going to show up for those live sessions. They're going to contribute to those great conversations, ask thoughtful questions, share from their own experience. And we certainly had a lot of that. And where we did have it, it's it's just great to see. It's so helpful because people sharing with each other really can Um, provide uh, a much easier, smoother path for someone coming along. Um, People uh, get a lot of value out of that. But, you know, not everybody falls into that camp. And so I'm, you know, wondering in my own mind, kind of what does it take to um, get more committed learners? Does it just mean we need a a larger pool to start from because we're always going to be looking at sort of X percentage of of the registrants are really going to be those committed learners? Or are there things we can do that would actually um, make a higher percentage of those who who sign up be really committed and invest in the kinds of activities that we think um, add to the learning that you get out of LTD.
1: Yeah, and it's, you know, probably a combination of of the two. And, um, you know, and we had had hoped, I think, that uh, with the live sessions, it's offering um, fewer of them, um, having them be a little bit deeper, not having concurrent sessions, that, um, that we might get more people you know, really showing up for the the live uh, uh, portion, but at the same time, you know, we we knew in extending the event that uh, you know if if you can concentrate things into two or three days, then people will bite the bullet and they'll mark off their calendar and, and say, okay, I'm just I'm just doing this, you know, for this period of time. And we don't yet have comparisons between last year attendance uh, percentage-wise in the live portions versus uh, this year. Um, but I, I, I suspect it was higher last year. Of course, the downside of that, and it's the reason we extended the event in the first place is you know you get that couple of days shot of just you know so much content being thrown at you. You're just not going to be able to remember um, most of that, even if you do some boosting uh, afterwards, uh, which we would do. Um, so, you know, the, the extending it over time, I think, is, is, is the right thing to do from a learning experience. It worked fabulously with the, the people who did really engage with it, but I think we're going to have to figure out, you know, over time, how can we, you know, help to facilitate a, a culture shift that, uh, that gets uh, the higher percentage of, uh, of folks who are attending to be part of the, of the live portion of it, along with everything else that's there.
0: Well, so as I said, it's already we've already begun to delve into this fourth area, which is what should we continue and what should we change, um, and so I think a big question is around the extended format, and, and as I already hinted at, you know, I think Jeff, you and I are both committed to the extended format, really thinking that because of the the potential. For really supporting more effective learning, you know, the ability for some um, space practice and some retrieval, and and even the interleaving by just giving some time between sessions, all of that I think argues strongly for the extended format. So I think we're on board with sticking with the extended format. I think we might tinker some with how we uh, approach how we lay out the sessions. You know, even if we stick with the course of a month, right now we had. Um, this year we had sessions on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Friday. And the Thursdays we had two workshops plus priming and synthesis. So it added up to being a fairly long day because the priming and synthesis were a half hour each and each workshop was 90 minutes. So Thursdays were a pretty hefty um Time commitment, and so there could be an argument to be made to spreading that out, and maybe um, you know taking half of what we offered on um, a Thursday. So maybe only two hours would be the maximum time we would ever ask people. Um, Again, we're not totally sure yet. I think we might have to think about how to do some um, questioning or testing of our assumptions there, because there is something about at least if nothing else, you could carve out those four Thursdays in, in February, and it has a little bit of that sense of carving out the two or three days for you know an event that just kind of runs back to back to back um and and i think that we would like when it comes to things like badging and the points and then also with the boosting i think we would like to keep those but be more thoughtful do more um, advanced planning advanced thinking about how we might um, use them how we might um, measure the impact of what we're doing with those and and so just in essence, be more thoughtful next time around. And then I think one of the things we've talked about that would be um, exciting and interesting, I think, would be to to cut the tie to the clock. I mean, that with these live sessions, you know, right now we we still sort of stuck to this, uh, you know, it's a 90-minute workshop or it's a 30-minute priming or synthesis session. And, you know, I think as we can all agree, you can make something fit into 90 minutes, but it may not really Take 90 minutes. And so we're toying with the idea of what would it be like to sort of say, this is the start time, we don't know the end time. Maybe we give folks kind of, you know, block um, 120 minutes, it will take no more than 120 minutes. But if it takes 60 minutes, then fine. If it takes, uh, you know, an hour and 15 minutes, then fine. Because, too, we were trying to build in a lot of time for participation from the attendees, and that's often a wild card because depending on who you get in the session and what they actually uh, contribute or don't contribute, it can you know change uh, the, the dynamic and, and really the length of a session pretty greatly. So we're trying to think about ways to, to let um, the, the content and the interaction determine the length rather than starting with the length and, and saying this is how long a session is.
1: Yeah, time can be a bit of a tyrant when it uh, when it comes to, to learning. It just you know it just doesn't work necessarily to um, place those kinds of uh, uh, parameters uh, artificially on a session that's intended to be for learning. Now that said, we may actually take that uh, more tyrannical approach to a, to a certain degree with the content pods going forward, and um, you know r- really get those down to a, a tight. Fifteen to twenty minutes for that content pod uh, content. We've we've kind of bled a little bit from our, our our original goal with content pods, which we started years ago with um with our uh, leading learning symposium. Potentially make those into pre-recorded content. So let's just go ahead and get those that content pod uh, content recorded. Fifteen to twenty minutes. Um, you know, really nailed um, and, and really hitting on the key points, and then use some live time to do some Q and A to do some discussion, to do some activity around it. So the content pods basically become flipped uh, content. And then we are using the, the live time with wh- wh- whoever the expert uh, is, the, the the facilitator is who delivered the content pod, then being engaged with people live and really being able to have some, some good conversation. And that might be you know, part of the basis for our follow-up Fridays going forward, or they might be distinct um, uh, sessions that, that we hold that are specifically uh, around those content pods. But uh, I think there's definitely value in, in continuing the content pods, um, but um, we, we need to rethink them a little bit, and I think we're also going to need to rethink things like, um, you know, what we do with um, with exhibitors and sponsors going forward, do, do we revisit that or not, and I think we're, I think the jury's kind of out on, on that, um, in a way, it was, it was nice not to have that as a formal component this year, but as I was saying earlier, you know, vendors really do have something to contribute, so is there a way to... Um, to make sure we're actively involving vendors and also giving attendees who really want that visibility into um, potentially supporting their buying decisions around learning technologies. that uh, This obviously is a good atmosphere to do it. So is is there a way we might approach that in, in concert uh, with the event going forward?
0: And I think too, we probably have some decisions to make around um, uh, forefronting um, participation in the live sessions and, and really um, explaining why that's of value. And getting more people to participate, you know, for example, we've, um, those 90 minute sessions were workshops and there were, you know, time for people to actually stop and do things in almost all of those sessions. And so getting people to really understand that, that you need to, to come and come prepared to, to do something. And so you're not just, you know, listening for 90 minutes, but you're actually doing some thinking, some work around it. So there's, there's that aspect of trying to boost the live participation, but I think we have to think about balancing that then too with this promise of well, you know, you're going to have access to the recorded sessions, and so then you can uh, appeal more broadly to people whose time zones don't match up with um, when we're offering the live sessions um, quite so well, or for the people who again find it hard to block off all these times throughout the month and really keep those um, sacrosanct, and so they're going to miss something, and so it's it's a little bit of that. Um, walking that line between trying to be accommodating of people who can't make the live sessions and then also really trying to play up the value of those live sessions.
1: Yeah, and giving some thought maybe to how how we can help people to map out their, their ideal LTD engagement schedule, because uh, we can't propose the ideal schedule to them because, you know, different time zones, different responsibilities, but maybe we can help them get to what it's going to be, and to document it, um, so that it's on their it's on their calendar, and they're committed on those particular days and times to um, to be participating. And that that you know, we and we've encouraged this uh, relative to things like the forums as well, which are always there. But you know, partly because they're always there, you just think, well, I'll get around to it at some point. But no, that's t- that's the type of thing, just like leaving a review for this podcast, that you have to put on your calendar and say, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do that. And here's the 15 minutes that I'm going to dedicate to going and doing something like that. So those are some of the things we're thinking about. We should note, we always do these um, after-action reviews, in this case, a mid-action review review. Uh, usually before we've really looked at evaluations for the event, because we want to just kind of bring our own perspective to it. Um, you know, and then, of course, we will go back and look at the evaluations and factor that in as well, and maybe something we hear there will rock our world and, you know, change something that we've said here. But uh, at least at this point, we're, we're on record for saying what we have so far. And, um, you know, certainly hope that uh, for anybody's listening in, that this is, this is helpful. Um, again, as you said uh, earlier, I think we've both said, I mean, we – we like to walk the walk, and part of walking the walk is trying to be transparent, uh, also about uh, what we're doing and whether it worked, and you know why we do it, and, and that sort of thing. Um, you know, if you're considering a virtual conference of any sort uh, or any sort of extended uh, event like this, um, by all means, you know, uh, we encourage you to comment uh, on this post, ask any questions uh, you have, or just email us at ltd at tagoras.com You know, if there are things you're wondering about uh, that uh, we might be able to share with you as a result of having. Gone through this for a, a third time, and each time in a, in a very different form. So, and I think it- this point, that kind of wraps up our, our mid-action review. Uh, TBD, whether we come back with a full after-action review at uh, at any point, but you'll probably hear at least a little bit uh, more from us at some point. But uh, for now, this, this wraps up our mid-action review for LTD 2018. And to get show notes for this episode, just go to leadinglearning.com slash episode 124. And that'll uh, give you access to those links we mentioned earlier uh, about uh, previous after action episodes we've done for a variety of events. And again, you know, if you're planning events, uh, if you want to try out some new things, these can be great to listen to just to find out you know, what we did and what has or hasn't worked. And we'll also link to uh, episodes that we've done around virtual conferences um, in case you're uh, interested in, in potentially uh, either launching or, or developing, growing uh, your own virtual conference.
0: And while you're at the show notes at leadinglearning.com episode 124, you will see various options for subscribing to the Leading Learning Podcast. And if you're getting value out of what you hear, we would be truly grateful if you would subscribe.
1: We'd also be grateful if you'd take just a minute to give us a rating on iTunes. As I mentioned earlier, this might be something you want to schedule because it's always possible to leave those reviews, but you know how it is. You say, I'll do it later go ahead and put it on your schedule so you know that you are going to go and leave a review and a rating for Leading Learning. And all you have to do is go to leadinglearning.com slash iTunes. We'll really appreciate it. Helps us know that you value the podcast and having those reviews in there helps the podcast kind of move up the list and, and make it easier for people in the learning business who are looking for a great resource to find us.
0: We'd be grateful, too, if you would take a minute to visit our sponsor for this quarter, Blue Sky eLearn. We put a lot of work into producing and delivering the Leading Learning Podcast, and one of the reasons we're able to do that is because of the support of sponsors like Blue Sky eLearn. So please visit them at blueskyelearn.com. In addition to finding out about their services and products, you'll also find a variety of great resources that they offer for free
1: finally consider telling others about the podcast you can send out a tweet simply by going to leadinglearning.com slash share or if tweeting isn't your thing just pick another social network
0: of your preference so thanks again and see you next time on the leading learning podcast